Welcome to Able Active Moms. Jeremy Brown and his guests are here to help the struggling moms better understand and manage their time for personal health. Now here's Jeremy. Welcome and thank you for listening in again this week. Today, I am joined by my good friend, Katie Lush, um, a colleague from Chicago who left me here all alone and um, moved away across the Midwest with her family. And I'm super happy for her. Katie, thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm super excited. When I um, was putting together the show and trying to decide what I wanted to do, um, I knew that I wanted to have, of course, like somebody on to talk with me about movement and fitness. And um, I wanted that person to share my values um, on those subjects because I don't want to get into an argument on my show. Um, so, of course, I wanted to have you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, feelings mutual. Um, so we're going to talk today a little bit just about I don't know, healthy exercise and healthy movement. And hopefully like if you're raising a family, trying to manage that and inspire healthy movement in your family and like what that means to us, to Katie and I, what healthy movement means to us. So how about first off a little bit about you? What's what, how did you get where you are today? Where are you? Hmm. Where am I today? (laughs) I am in now in Kansas city smack dab in the middle of the u.s but go chiefs we just won the super bowl so congratulations excited about that <laughs> <laughs> i guess i have to root for them um i guess long story short you know i was just a really active kid like just very like high energy had a lot of energy to expend and so my mom was told by my teachers to put me in something <laughs> to expend the energy so i went down a path of like gymnastics and dance and just kind of did those on and off for years and then became really involved in gymnastics because they kind of send you on a track and started competing at a high level, got really burned out. But then when you do high level gymnastics, you're actually supposed to go into dance to help your form when you're doing your floor routine. So then I just kind of pivoted to dance and stuck with dance through college and had high hopes of becoming like a professional dancer. But as I got through college and it was really rigorous, I started hitting this point of I had a brain and I really liked to use it. And I had a really creative side outside of movement. And I got really involved into graphic design and um, a lot of like, I was in charge of like making teachers web pages and just sort of like (laughs) that kind of side of creativity. And so by the time I graduated, I was like, shoot, (laughs) I know I like got a degree in dance, which PS you don't need a degree to dance. Just so you know, you probably should just enter a company before you hit college and save save yourself the money. But um, I was sort of like, oh, shoot, I want to figure out a way that I can still move, but use my brain a little bit more versus just regurgitating choreography. So in college, one of my courses was Pilates, but we were more practicing on each other. And it was like really just word of mouth. So we drew out, you know manuals and things. And the teachers kind of told me that I had a knack for it. And I was like, you're right. I actually really enjoy this. I enjoy the way to think of movement versus just pure choreography of like how we could like clean up some mechanics of our body. And then fast forward, I moved to New York, got fully certified there. But my teachers um, were not traditional Pilates teachers. They studied Laban and Bartiniev, which is like a whole other movement modality And it really taught me how to just see kind of like the energy of how somebody moves differently. And I think that was my foundation of movement in general. Moved to Chicago, taught Pilates full time, learned something else called gyrotonic, which is its own movement modality. But it just kept layering on, you know, all these movement systems that I just felt were like helping people to move better. That's kind of all I wanted. I threw my back out in college, found out I had an extra vertebrae, had some weird things regarding that. And I was like, I just needed something to rehabilitate myself, but also I could see it was improving other people's health. And Joseph talks about, you know, how um, sedentary people were. And this was like, what, back in like the forties and fifties. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you look at today's society and people are significantly more sedentary today. And um, I went through this certification through a company called Nutritious Movement 
couple years ago. And that was really the paradigm shift of, I had all these great movement tools in my box, which were great, but they were always under the umbrella of Pilates or gyrotonic. And sometimes those modalities and systems of movement were not fixing the problem. And I couldn't understand why. So I thought I just had to get more creative. And ultimately the movement system was lacking. And so um, this nutritious movement, it was the, um, the certification was called restorative exercise, which isn't really a good explanation. It's more like corrective exercises to kind of fill in the gaps of basically what we're missing in our movement repertoire. And I like the name nutritious movement because it sort of parallels movement to nutrition where, you know, if you're um, deficient in vitamin C, you get scurvy. It's pretty obvious. Well, you know, are you deficient in vitamin squat and therefore you have like tight hips, you know, it's not quite so clear cut, but it's a nice parallel to see like, you know, what quote unquote vitamins are you missing in your body? And then you have sort of the side effect as a result of it. And so looking at movement from that vantage point really allows you to bring in more natural movement elements, but also makes you see a little bigger picture of how people move today or don't move today and why. How people don't move today. Yeah. And what we what people lose more of every day and probably i mean hopefully what we and our me and you and our tiny little army of people would like to do is to inspire people just to move more and that just means like get up take walks build in some daily routines of stretches, like just take care, better care of your body. So even when I named the show, I, I named it able and active. I would like people to be those things. I don't need you to, if if you want to run a marathon and you want to run a triathlon and you want to do all this stuff. And if you want to like climb mountains and amazing, that's great. Um, somebody has to be that person. Ideally, nobody is the person who sits in front of their computer all day and that's all they do because you're just not like there that's going to infiltrate every part of your life. And eventually um, as you age, it becomes more impactful. And then you start to lose the ability to do so much as you get older. And that's just really such a loss. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think, one of the paradigm shifts I had was looking at conveniences, all matter of conveniences, cars, remote controls, electric toothbrushes. And I I have all of these things, right? (laughs) And looking at the service that they provide, even a soft, cushy bed that's high off the ground, like what service they provide, which means what am I not doing if I didn't have that mode of convenience? You know, and so recognizing it, first of all, because really every convenience is always going to eliminate movement. That's what every convenience in our world does. And, you know, sure, I prefer my car because I can get to point A to point B faster. But then I'm obviously missing out on the walking element of being able to do the same thing. So, you know, just recognizing what it is, and then trying to almost cross train the conveniences of, okay, well, shoot, I need to pick up my kids and I only have 10 minutes to do it. But if I could squeeze in like an hour walk somewhere else later in the day, that can somewhat offset the 10 minute drive that I'm going to end up doing. Or, you know, the same thing with, you know, just like the electric toothbrush. Like, can I balance on one leg if I'm going to be using it? Can I do something else that will like give me a little bit more movement because I'm eliminating it from my own hand and wrist. So just kind of looking at everything that has permeated our world. And I think, you know, when Joseph Blatty's talked about people being sedentary back then, it was like right at the height of like the industrial revolution where of course, yeah, that people were starting to work in offices. There were desks, there was light, you know, indoor bathrooms, like all of these things were sort of new we've been living with them our whole lives. So kind of stripping away and seeing like, okay, well, what would a more quote unquote, like natural world lifestyle look like? Where are we missing some of that? And then where can we sort of like sneak in some more movement? If you look at it kind of from that perspective too, like, so Joseph Pilates was a very active child, young adult, adult, 
like making his way all the way through that. And that's how it kind of happened. And if we're, we are as shocked and appalled at what's happening today as we are, imagine how he must have felt to watch this unfolding, like a sci-fi horror movie happening mm-hmm. right in front of him, where it's like, oh my goodness, if this keeps going, people are just going to be little lumps that sit in chairs. And it's like, mm, yeah, we, yes, we, yes, we have become that. It is true. Well, and I mean, the joke is like with my kids, because they've watched the movie WALL-E, it is yeah. literally that. These people are on a ship sitting in a recliner and they just hit buttons and things are handed to them. And they kind of laugh at it, but they also are starting to see that it's starting to happen. <laughs> like <laughs> my son plays on a PlayStation and sits in a chair and then his dad brings him a drink. And it's like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> this is actually happening right here. Real time. So yeah. Slowly unfolding right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then at some point, both of us, because you just, you know, maybe when you start teaching exercise, you Pilates, whatever, you're teaching people who want a certain body type or they have like certain activity goals or something. And as you fill in the cracks in your schedule, in your, you know, your client schedule, your client repertoire, you, you just get a lot of normal people mm-hmm. who just want to like feel better. And they don't mm-hmm. have any real big goals outside of I want to feel better. You start to realize how lovely that is and how much, how valuable it is to give someone a healthy daily life and just be able to move yeah. through life. Um, and you're right. I mean, you mentioned the the bed earlier. Um, imagine now all we have to do is we like roll over, you plant your feet on and you can just lean forward and you're on your feet. Mm-hmm. What was it like before when you actually had to get up off the floor and down onto the floor every time you wanted to get into bed? And so as we start to lack those little bits of movement over time, you are unable to do those things when you need to, right? Um, Right. And the cliche is terrible. Like if you don't use it, you lose it. But it's true where we we have a family member who swapped all of her toilets to the higher, like the highest toilet you can basically purchase on the market. And I just kind of turned to my husband one day and said, well, what happens when that's too, like too low? Where do you go from there? <laughs> like, where do you, I mean, right. I mean, cause that's really the next step. Cause it's never getting better. You're just always accommodating for your lack of movement to make things better, easier, you know, whatever. And so where do you go when you have too high? Like you can't do it standing. (laughs) So (laughs) what happens? Well, and, and then you end up with, you know, these conveniences have other costs too, right? So if you look at something like that, we know if anyone hasn't seen the nice little unicorn commercial yet, you know, that all of all of those bodily functions happen best the deeper in a squat you are because it's just the way we're made. So you actually then start to mess with with other systems. It's like not only are you having issues with your ability to get down and get up, but you are not able to properly void your bowels because it just doesn't work well. And now you have weird like gastroenterology issues because you're unable to sit and stand. And so the trickle effect of this, and, you know, I mean, now we're seeing more and more because people just don't move around enough. That's a major thing that feeds into neurological issues. I mean, we knew it fed into heart issues and, and blood pressure issues, but also neurological issues. Yeah. 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 Feet. Feet are becoming a really big thing where I'm getting a lot of clients who are starting to get their feet pinned. I have a, I have like a handful kind of out of nowhere and nobody's really in all that much pain, but some doctor somewhere is telling them they need this and then they're losing the neurology because they don't have the sensation in their feet or it's been disrupted in such a way that they no longer have balance. Wow. And then it affects their neurology. Hmm. You lose this feedback to the ground. You use your ability Mm -hmm. to balance. You know, we start to create problems and then we have a lovely medical system and it's wonderful that it can take care of you when you need it to. And, And all the things we're able to fix are really incredible. 
But sometimes the simplest fix should have just been to start to move around more. And maybe that should have happened 10 or 20 years before. (laughs) Um, Well, that's, I mean, that's the thing is, I think people are just kind of in the weeds. And so if you took a step back and sort of said like, well, what could be the cause of this? I feel like that's not the question that people ask themselves. They just say, oh, here's the symptom. How do we fix it? Okay, but they're never taking the step back to get to the root of the issue. And so um, just asking people the question, what do you what do you think is causing this? Like, I, so a perfect example, we were just traveling, my mother-in-law said she has a hammer toe and she's getting a blister because of the friction of the bend rubbing against the next toe. And I said to her, what do you think is causing this? And her immediate response was old age. And I stopped and I said, is it, or is it your footwear? And she was like, well, I have been walking more. I'm like, okay, yes, you have been walking more. What do you think is happening when you're walking? Do you think your feet are sliding inside your shoes? She's got that second toe that's longer, just like I do. And I was like, do you think you're sliding forward in your shoes? And that second toe is just kind of getting scrunched. Are you shuffling? Are you actually pushing off of your feet? Fast forward, the blister healed. And then she told me she's getting it surgically pinned at the end of the year. Oof. The whole toe pinned so that it's holding more straight. uh Right. So that she doesn't get a blister. This is what I keep witnessing of like, Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. There's like, there's a lot of things I would do. So I gave her like grippy socks to wear inside of her shoe, you know, so that her foot wasn't sliding as much. I would like to address her footwear, maybe get something a little longer, a little wider. um, So she's not cramming into the pointy front edge of it. I would keep working her feet. I would get her some toe spacers to create, you know, the gap of space she probably needs because they are really pressed together. I mean, there's so Mm -hmm. many things I would do before I would just jump to intervention. Some simple Um, stretches for the foot. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I have many clients with hammer toes. I I basically, I mean, my second toe does the exact same thing. And so I have to be like very thoughtful about my footwear and that toe because it just is a weaker point compared to the big toe. So I live this. But this yeah. is that's that's her choice. And I'm I'm sure you say the same thing. And this because this is the advice coming from the experts, because somehow, strangely enough, I guess we are at this point the experts. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. It seems feels real weird. What I tell people at this point is you can do things now. Like there are things you can do, there are changes you can make. You can and yes, those changes take time and they take awareness and you have to build habits and blah, 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 all of those things. And yes, they're you know, that that's challenging. But surgery is not going to take away the need for all of that. If you get surgery, you're still going to have to do stretches and make changes Mm -hmm. and shift your footwear. And if you don't, the solutions, it's still not going to be the solution. There are going to be new challenges that come up from surgery. And sometimes surgery is the answer. It's not that it's never the answer, but there are going to be new challenges. And you're still going to have to find a self-care regime. So why not do that first and see what comes of it because surgery is never a one, like, like one stop shop, pop in, pop out and go about your life thing. Um, And that goes for any part of your body that it's a change in your body. And now like, well, I didn't want to make, I didn't want to make these changes before surgery. Well, after surgery, you are 100% going to have to make them. Um, Right. Yeah. We're going to take just a minute, actually, and a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to keep talking, I don't know, movement, health, being healthy, staying active. So keep listening in. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos, 
live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. Move Ed has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. Everything you know about the medical industry is about to change. That is when you tune in to America's Healer with Dr. Jason West. Dr. West will challenge the currently accepted status quo of medical procedures and remedies, and you'll learn about medicinal topics from a whole new perspective. America's Healer with Dr. Jason West, Fridays at 12 p.m. on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Hi, we are back. And today I have with me my friend Katie Lush, a movement expert, um, successful mother of two. <laughs> um, and we are talking um, healthy movement. And we were on feet actually right before we went on break, which I think is a great subject. People don't have healthy feet anymore, which we're probably sh- should not spend an entire hour going down the rabbit hole of footwear and feet. But interestingly, this is good. This is a good note. Um, you know, Judy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, Judy was on the first episode to talk about pelvic floor health. Um, uh, yeah. Natal. So that was great. I, I am one of her patients. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I, it, I, I, I can sing her praises. <laughs> that's the point, too, was like, if you are thinking about being pregnant or you are pregnant, you should go to see a pelvic floor physical therapist because it is normalized everywhere else in the modern world and not in the u.s so that is a problem yeah 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 i know yeah so i'm like look we should go see judy so anyway she went to the combined section meeting um over the past week which is um a big huge pt physical therapist conference and it's all of the different sections like she's pelvic floor health um but then it's also like orthopedic retraining and neurology and you know like that kind of rehab cardiovascular rehab. So they're all like, everybody shows up. And she said that one of the big hot topics for the combined section meeting um, was feet and Mm. foot health and transitioning to barefoot footwear. Oh, look at them catching up to the times. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, Oh, thank goodness. Um, that's amazing. So if they could combat this weird, I'm going to put a pin in it with, well, what if we started to do some healthy foot exercises? That would be amazing. Or if people went in for um, hip or knee issues and we started to gravitate down toward the feet and be more aware of how we're using our feet, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That was very eye-opening for me. And it's like once you know this information, you can't unknow it. So having just been at Disneyland a couple of days ago and looking at what all the kids are wearing for footwear, because my kids wear weird shoes because <laughs> they're barefoot shoes and they're pounding concrete for 10 miles and they were fine. Um, and just seeing like just what's on the market, what's popular and kind of just kind of scratching my head like, oh, and this is. This is the pattern. This is the culture. This is the style that people want. Yeah, it's just it's eye opening. Yeah, and it and the it's just like it's just like the raising the toilet, right? Like the padding on the shoes and the support of the shoe and the shoe creating the function for your foot versus your foot having function. That right. rabbit hole gets deeper every year. Yeah, and. Heaven. Yeah, it's um, one thing that I'm really witnessing. And so a year ago, I dislocated a toe really kind of horrifically and um, went to Disney World, coincidentally, like two days later. 
So I got myself a little walking shoe that was like firm and whatever. So I reached out to all my colleagues and I was like, I need to figure out a way to not move my toe, but be able to clock, you know, lots of mileage from walking. And so one colleague was like, you should probably invest in some hokas, which are essentially a rocker shoe. So back when we were first teaching, everybody was wearing MBTs, which are like the same thing. It's a rocker shoe. It's a stiff sole and, you know, you're rolling and it, you know, it propels you because it's a rocking horse. So I bought them and I, you know, by the time I received them, I'd sort of like figured out a way around using my foot and was ending up rolling on the side of my foot, which I sort of preferred to a rocking horseshoe that I was going to have to invest like $90 in. So I ended up returning the shoes and not wearing them. But ever since then, I have noticed everybody wears them. Yes. Everywhere I go, people rave about them. People love them. There's all these like cool, fancy like designs and people love them. And I hate to say that it actually makes people's feet feel better. So like, how am I supposed to like fight that? Because they, they like the style their feet feel good. And I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> that's great. But let's talk about what it's actually doing for you or not doing for yeah. you. And people will put their inserts, their sole inserts, you know, their arch supports inside of it if they've had those created for them by a podiatrist. And so I just am sort of watching this runaway train of it's very popular. It's cultural. I think it's just word of mouth. People are just loving this brand and it's everywhere. Yeah. everywhere i go well i mean let's take a minute to to say what it does to you is all right let's say if you sit all day and you are at a computer or and you're rounded forward you're not using the muscles of your upper back and the back of your neck and the back of your shoulders look at us both sit up as we say that um, <laughs> and if you are sitting in a chair and you're you've got a elevated bed and the couch then you don't ever really get a good squat and you don't stand up well, which means now your glutes and your hamstrings don't work as much. So you're using those less. And then if you get a rocker shoe, you use your calves less, right? So you don't right. use the, and so the entire back of your body because of these changes is getting less work. Right. If you changed, if you tried to make a transition to a footwear that made you push off and you took walks, that would be the most impactful change you could make to combat all of those other things I listed. The entire back of your body would light up and get work just from walking and making yourself push off. Right. Yeah. So like, that's our cost is in the end, like it's really, it, it people don't think that, changing the mechanics of your foot has such a huge full body impact, but it really does. I mean, especially does if you actually would get up and take some walks, which yes, everybody take more walks. Well, and it's it, again, back to the conversation of convenience. It is a modern convenience to have a nice cushy shoe that is stabilizing your foot. So the actual bones of your foot no longer move. You're riding a rocking horse. So you are there, like you said, you're not using the muscles appropriately the way that they're put onto your body. So that is the modern convenience. So what is the trickle down effect of not having that anymore? If you were to remove that modern convenience, what would you gain movement wise if you didn't have it? And then what are you losing as a right. result of it? Because again, all shoes are modern conveniences. So you know, the more you strip it down, the less convenience you get. And then basically you're left with like a little piece of leather on the bottom of your foot to protect it from, you know, thorns and rocks and all of those things. So that would be the most minimal version of a shoe. But again, the closer you get to that, again, the further away you are from a modern convenience. So yeah. again, you're creating more movement, the more you strip it down versus, you know, picking something that's, but yeah, but again, nobody understands that it's a rocker shoe. So then of course I have to like, stand in my soapbox and be like, oh, people love these shoes. Do you know it's a rocker shoe? Have, do you remember MBTs? <laughs> and I turn it into this whole like, did you know that? I didn't know that. Did you know that? Because because people don't. I'm like, don't. I know they feel so good on your feet. They're so squishy, right? They're so soft. You could walk for hours on concrete and it never hurts. But like, did you know this? So like, don't roll your ankle because you know those shoes, everybody rolled their ankles. So be careful that you don't do that. And then all of a sudden they're like, ooh, Mm, maybe maybe that's mm. not the best shoe 
So <laughs> that's <laughs> I know you have to play games sometimes to get there. Kind right? of, I know. kind of. Um, yeah. What? Uh, so, so what else are your like healthy movement lifestyle takeaways? Like, what do you wish people knew more and did more? You know, um, you were just talking about people at the computer and I planted myself in front of a window for lighting purposes, but also because even when I teach virtually, I have to put myself in front of a window. So I look out and see further away. I remember when I lived in New York, I worked at a mutual fund for a hot minute and I didn't have a lot to do. So I was getting a lot of um, library books and I was reading like incessantly because I didn't have a lot to do. And I remember one day I was reading and I looked up across the room and I could barely see. I was like blurred. And really the lens of my eye had stopped learning how to adjust from, you know, near to far, which again, that's what causes people to get glasses. And so if I'm on my computer, I like have to make sure that I look out the window or else my lens gets kind of stuck there. And I've learned like my left eye is getting worse. My right eye is pretty fine, but like I will practice closing one eye and staring out the window for a couple seconds while I'm teaching just to like give my eyes the break of distance. Because again, when we're in our four walls, we're never really distance looking. I remember we were on a, um, my husband and I were on a safari in Africa and the guide could see the animals. Like, I mean, he's been doing it forever. Right. So he knows what to look for. I literally couldn't see them. And I was like, why can't I see them? <laughs> and, you know, part of it's like they're, you know, camouflage, but also it's because we just didn't do the distance looking. We just didn't, we're not accustomed to doing that anymore. So yeah, finding a window, looking out of it, especially if you are like a desk jockey and you have to sit at a computer. And if you can't do that, then like getting up to take the walking break to look out a window just for a couple seconds, just to get that lens of your eye to change. Um, Because I do think when people's vision starts to go, so does their balance, talking about that like neurology stuff. So it is so much more impactful than we think. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, That's that's a big one. Focusing your eye is a muscular action as well. It's an activity. It it is. And your eyes are connected to your brain. They're literally like a straight shot to your brain. So just assume that when you're working on your eyes, you also are working on your brain. So we always want some good brain health. So that kind of goes hand in hand. So, I mean, that's like, that's probably my favorite one because it doesn't take any effort to just pick your eyes up and look at something. And it supposedly helps like with like baggy eyes and all that stuff too. So from cosmetic purposes, it's supposed to be helpful. Too. Great. <laughs> so at least that's your, you know, if, if the eye health isn't enough, at least it'll make your eyes look a little perkier. Um, that's probably one of my easiest quick fixes. Cause I feel like from like an ability accessibility standpoint, it's such an easy, like everybody can do that unless, you know, you've got some real issues like um, light issues, but that's probably my favorite. I mean, the simple stuff of just like walking and if you can walk outside more than on a treadmill, I know some days kind of can't do that, but just walking, just getting outside and walking. There have been so many studies talking about, again, all the, you know, the mental health, you know, we were all in lockdown and what did everybody do? They just walked. They went outside and they walked because they were so sick of being in their house. That was like the only thing we could do. If you have a pet, like lucky you, because then you were forced outside. Like I, this is really interesting. My mom's dog, unfortunately passed right before Christmas Mm -hmm. and she's dealing with um, insomnia. And part of it's probably grief. And I I recognize that. And she recognizes that. But you know what she's missing? She's missing the morning walk where she's getting that early light. And she's missing the evening walk where she's getting that evening light into her eyes. And as Huberman Lab has told us, like, to get the light from, you know, outside, no matter whether it was raining or freezing or hot as blazes because she's in Texas, to get her that morning and evening light, I think, set her circadian rhythm. And now that she doesn't have it, her circadian rhythm is off. So she's, you know, supplementing with melatonin and trying to tinker with it. And I'm like, just go outside and walk. So her doctor literally said, go get a new dog. Hmm. Go get a new dog because that's going to force you to get this early light and it's probably going to reset your circadian rhythm. Yeah. 
and then you otherwise you're not sleeping well and then all the health issues with that and we're having to like medicate you to help you sleep well and all the issues with that and it's like mm-hmm. simple solution mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah natural solution yeah wow. yeah and i i had done some emdr work which is like the form of therapy where you follow a light bar and you're kind of like scanning left right with your eyes and then i had learned that basically that's what you do when you walk when you walk you're scanning your surroundings and typically you're just scanning left to right continuously and that's what causes sort of that calming effect that walks create and i was like well shoot <laughs> i can save a whole bunch of money <laughs> and not go to therapy. I mean, Grant, I still should be in therapy, but um, <laughs> you know, but I can, I can get a lot of those results just by walking on my own and just scanning my environment and getting that same sort of like calm nervous system, you know, results. Yeah. So then like from a perspective of the, the provider of EMDR, what they're providing is us, us, an, adding in something that has again been taken away by modern convenience, mm-hmm. right? Like, exactly. Oh, this is actually something that our system needs. It helps to like reset the way that we mentally and emotionally interact with the world. And we're losing that because we don't walk around as much and take in light that way and like scan the world that way. Right. And if you've ever walked on a treadmill and stood off and you feel like the world is like flying past you, that is why it's like your eyes have not, you know, caught up to what your brain has been feeling because your body is in propulsion. It's moving forward, but it's not going anywhere. And so when you go to step off and you start physically walking through the space, yeah, your your eyes and your vision and your brain are like kind of scrambled a little bit. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that that is why, because when you are walking, you are supposed to have your eyes looking and scanning and moving and seeing the environment pass you by. And if it doesn't do that, there's like a disconnect that occurs. That's so fascinating. Well, on that note, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be back to talk more about, I don't know, movement and maybe some lifetime health. How about that? So keep listening in. We'll be right back. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Move Ed is a new exercise system developed from the latest in science and designed to help you feel your body in a whole new way. Offering free online videos live online exercise classes, and wellness tips and ideas on social media. MoveEd has options to help everyone feel and move better. Check us out today and start your new journey into physical health. Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Welcome back to Able Active Moms. Have a question for Jeremy or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Now back to the show. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for listening in today. I have with me my friend and colleague Katie Lush and we've been hashing out all of our soapboxes on movement. Um, yeah, which is great. 
uh, it's nice to have someone here to, you know, go back and forth with about this stuff. Um, when we were on break, we were actually talking about um, something that I brought up in an, another show in a way. Um, my point was like, don't let blank hold you back. And so, and like, whatever that is. And so often what ends up in that blank is, well, age, right? This is what happens when you get older. And so then you give something, you like throw something away. You're like, well, there's nothing I can do about that. I'm just getting older. Um, And that is such a common excuse in a way, right? How do you feel about that? Well, I, I feel like it's a bucket of, you know, doctors say it, um, friends say it to one another that, you know, if anything sort of is happening to somebody's body, it's, oh, I'm just getting old. Oh, it's just age. And it's like a foregone conclusion. And as you and I both know, I mean, I started, I had a client who came to us at maybe 70 ish, maybe late sixties. And now he's in his eighties and he is moving better and more able-bodied as an 80 year old than he was when he was 70. So you and I have both witnessed that you can actually improve (laughs) your mechanics and your body and your health and your longevity and all those fun things. As you age, it's not a foregone conclusion. And so knowing that it's very hard for me to accept that as a bucket that people kind of toss all of their health issues into, um, Yeah, it's, and from my perspective, and you probably agree with this, where, okay, so somebody has told something, knees are a good example. Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody kind of has like a bum knee. Oh, it's just because I'm aging. My knee is bothering me. So then the person starts manipulating their environment, just like the whole toilet situation. They manipulate their environment to, to deal with their knee due to aging. Okay, so then they raise their toilets. They raise all the chairs in their homes. They get the higher car, the SUV, so they're not having to squat down. Um, And what it's doing is it's actually making their environment smaller. And then the next thing pops up, you know, oh, I have these arthritic thumbs and I can't Mm -hmm. do these things. I can't twist off the caps. I can't, you know, it's just aging. It's just aging. And so, okay, so now I can no longer open jars and water bottles and turn my keys in the door. And so I have to get all these things to help me out or people to help me out. And then the environment shrinks. And so if you have to have these certain height toilets and all these accommodations to turn keys and doors, can you travel? You can't travel because without these accommodations, you like kind of can't do anything. And so you're just, your environment shrinks. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I want a big wide world that I can explore. And one of my bucket lists is to travel all over the world, you know, until the day I die and never be inhibited by my environment. And that I'm able-bodied enough to get my luggage in the overhead compartment and walk on cobblestone streets and turn a key and a knob and, you know, lift my grandchildren someday. I want to be able to do all these rudimentary functions so that my world stays big. And I think when things get thrown in the bucket of aging and we have all these conveniences and accommodations that we have to have to get through our day, it just makes your world small. Yeah, because if that's the mindset, you're right, it is a bucket and it because it's never going to be that one thing whatever it is that started, like whatever the first thing in the bucket was, there's going to be another thing soon. And then the accommodations come and then it speed, the process speeds up. Oh, because once you've learned this hack of, oh, I always have to travel with this one pillow because otherwise my neck really, really hurts. if I don't have this one pillow turns into now I've got a lumbar cushion. Now I've got my special shoes. And then there's like, again, it's like this steamroller effect of just, Mm -hmm. you start having these, things that you need to just get through your day without pain and discomfort and ease, which I don't, you know, sure. We all want that, but yeah. At what expense expense. And also the expense 
eventually this becomes an expense of mental and emotional health because oh, it becomes totally. the anxiety over what you can and can't do. Well, I can't do that for all of these reasons. And then like, what's going to happen to me in this situation? And how am I going to make myself comfortable? And am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be a burden on everyone else because of my issues? <laughs> and You shut yourself mm-hmm. down from participation. Then there's the emotional toll of shutting yeah. yourself down to participation. I don't, now I don't spend as much time with my friends and family um, because of that because I'm unable because I'm unable like there are things that I feel like I'm unable to do so therefore I will not be able to do them as a result of all these accommodations I feel like I need oh it's a vicious cycle it's a very vicious cycle so I'm thinking of this one client. She's a really good example. And, you know, you kind of look at people who do latch on to that mentality. And I, there is like a very specific persona, I think, of people who, you know, very fear-based, you know, kind of high anxiety and all of those things. And I think there is sort of like a, you have like an ilk in that direction, um, kind of like germ phobes. Like it's kind of like in that realm where this one woman, she did have breast cancer and she was told that she was at higher risk of clotting, um, of having a blood clot, you know, as a result of the medication and the treatment, whatever, which is true. That is an actual thing. So she proceeded to wear compression garments for decades, decades and decades and decades. So by the time I saw her, she, I mean, and I'm talking like a full pantyhose all the way up to her waist. And what we were just talking about again with the whole digestion thing. I mean, she was wearing like a tourniquet, right? So she had abdominal and low back issues because she was tourniqueted, but her feet were like little hooves. She had no energy through her feet and toes because the compression garments had squished them. So when working with her, we got her down to a thigh high with open toes where it was just like a stirrup night and day. She had all this foot pain. She had neuromas because her feet were squished like little hooves. And so all of a sudden she was working her feet. And I was just like, you can still wear the compression garments. That's giving you a sense of safety because of the blood clotting. And that is fine. But there's, you know, things we can do around them. Do you need it around your waist? Can we just take it up to your knees? Can we, you know, like there's, there's workarounds. Um, But it was, it was very fear driven, very, very fear driven. And it just made her world very small, right? She just had to carry them everywhere she went. Then her feet hurt. Then she couldn't do this. She couldn't do that. Cause yeah. Yeah. Now, yes. So now she can't walk as far because her feet hurt and then the Mm -hmm. balance is not good. And then, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky because, you know, I guess the balance of this is sort of what all this comes around to the balance of accepting and embracing modern convenience, but understanding that and balancing out your life in a way that you can make use of this and enjoy the the comforts of modern convenience, but also still retain good function and good health. Yeah. And I think that's, that's our job at this point is just to educate people and help people recognize, do you know you're wearing a rocking horse for a shoe? Did you know that? <laughs> like, I mean, and you can kind of turn it into like a little bit of a joke, but at the same time, just people are not questioning some of these things. Cause it's just, again, it's a foregone conclusion. It's just what everybody else is doing. It's modern convenience. It's just, it is what it is. Um, Because, I mean, how many clients have you had who've turned to you and been like, what's the best pillow for me? And I'm like, none. (laughs) I mean, I I just, I I can't answer that for you. It's just, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm working myself down off of a pillow. So, um, yeah, and just kind of taking a step back and looking at big picture of like, okay, what's really going on in this person's environment? And, And also encouraging them, like, maybe it's just... You know, my mother-in-law is talking about the whole toe thing and how she's going to get it pinned and encouraging her like, it's not just aging. This is just a result of aging. This is a result of mechanics. And let me explain to you why. And just sort of like not get, you know, mean about it. Just sort of matter of fact, like this is what's happening. You're sliding forward in your shoe. Your toes getting scrunched. You're getting more mileage. Try this as like a, a hack. See if this helps. Yeah, because um, I'm sure you're the same. It's not that odd for me within a session. It happens for sure at least once a week to spend 30 minutes to an hour just sitting down and having a dialogue about something. 
It's like, yeah. you know what, that's the best way we can spend this time today because, you know, you're going to, I can get you to move here for an hour, but if I can have a talk with you, that's yeah. going to shift your ability to move more for the rest of the week. Yeah. That's going to be huge. Um, yeah. So sometimes that's what, you know, you're just like, well, let's, let's have a little talk about that. What's going on? Yeah. What do we, yeah. why did we make that choice? And like, what other choices are available? Um, so I think it was, I think it's lovely to sit down and talk with you. And, well, thanks. Yeah. Again, um, feelings totally mutual. It's, it, it is fun because I do think in our world, there aren't enough of us who are on the same page. A lot of people are still really stuck in the movement modality as being the end all be all of health. And I just, and you and I are both in agreement of this, of just, there's no one fix for any person. It's, it's got to be a lot of different things and viewpoints and everybody's a little different. Everybody is a little different. So therefore it's, Again, when I find a colleague like you who looks at bigger picture things, I, it's fun because I can feel like <laughs> we're in this together. Well, um, we learn some stuff from each other. Um, so if if people want to learn more from you and gain more of your like fantastic, chill knowledge, how can they find you? Where are you? What's going on? Um, I, I have a website. It's just my name, Katie Lush, K-A-T-Y like Katy Perry, Lush, L-U-S-H dot com. Um, and then my Instagram is the, at the Katie Lush, because apparently Katie Lush was taken. Um, my company name is called Lush Living. So you can Google that too, but there are a couple other Lush Livings out there. My name is usually easier to find. Um, but yeah, I usually try to post stuff on Instagram. I usually do like a little video once a week of sort of a restorative exercise exercise that shows you i mean i I do have a youtube channel but um on my website i have a library and you can get like a first week free so do that just get the free content (laughs) and then you can unsubscribe um but i have like lots of like one hour workouts 45 minute workouts then smaller video clips of anything that anybody wants to learn about and then um i have facebook too but you can find all that stuff through instagram yeah so much you have a lot of fantastic stuff out there just helping people feel their bodies and move a little better and like have a positive outlook on movement. So I hope people use you as a resource because I think you are a great resource. And um, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for joining us to talk today. No, thank Uh, you. Thank you for spreading the message. I love like who you've already had on and the topics you're already discussing. Cause I think again, there's nothing more boring than talking about (laughs) Pilates, (laughs) (laughs) but I think if we can talk about like the human condition and what we're all sort of struggling with, it's, I just, yeah, it's so much more applicable. And I like the, I love the name of just the ability because yeah. that's what it's all about. All about. Well, I'll be back again next week um, with actually my colleague, Shannon Hirschman, to finish up her story about cultivating inner healing. So, mm. yeah, listen in again next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks a lot. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Able Active Moms. We hope the moms out there have learned something useful to help them with their own lives. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week.